Once I uh, finish Mr. Robot, yes. I'll move on with my life. <gasps> I know you're mad at me that I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're like the worst <laughs> recommender ever. You're like, you have to watch this. I've only watched one season. Well, I thought, like, maybe I'd be able to, like, you know, catch up with you since I gave it to you, like, two days ago. <laughs> and you're already past me. <laughs> like, you shouldn't have given it to in. me on a weekend. <laughs> I'm Big. And I'm White. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast. A podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, White? This week on the podcast, we are talking about how exactly your luggage changes once you live (laughs) cross-culturally. Specifically, what is the crap that you bring back to Nepal from your home country? Yes. It is not necessarily what you might think it would be. Like, your idea of what is precious to you changes fairly drastically (laughs) once you move overseas. What's precious to each person is different, too. It's like a personality test. Yeah. I feel like you can tell a lot about a person by what's in their luggage. <laughs> so true. <laughs> what do the TSA agents think of us? Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is that two kgs of butter? <laughs> what? Yeah, sir. It's unsalted. Okay? Don't judge me. <laughs> anyway, that's a little teaser trailer. But first, let's talk about our weeks. What happened to you this week, White? Well, this actually plays really well into the topic of our episode because something that is really precious to me that I didn't really realize before is um, the availability of non-dairy milk products. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I have some kind of sensitivity. I don't know what's happening, but I can't really do milk. And... Just recently, a new business has started in Nepal called Vegan Dairy Nepal. Ah. Amazing. So they do almond milk, cashew milk, coconut milk. I can't do coconuts either, but whatever. Soy yogurt. Soy yogurt. Cashew cream cheese. Cream cheese, yeah. Yeah, things like that. Um, And they just recently started offering home delivery. So this is super exciting. (laughs) So I ordered from them. Well, okay, here's how it happened, actually. Um, I follow them on Instagram because every business in Nepal has an Instagram account, but they don't have a website. (laughs) (laughs) They're not listed on Google. (laughs) It's just Instagram and Facebook. Um, So I messaged the person who runs it. And um, yeah, they're super cool. And said, hey, can I order almond milk and cashew milk? And some of this was um, Big's order as well. So there's that. And she's like, great. We try to be environmentally friendly. So you can either like give us a bottle that we'll fill for you or we'll deliver it in plastic bags. So that's pretty cool. A lot of things are offered in plastic bags in Nepal, too. Yeah, so that's not, not that like unusual. weird at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is cool that they're, like, trying to be environmentally friendly. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so I got that. They came to our office a couple days ago, and it was super straightforward and very, very affordable. And I'm so happy now. I've been able to make, like, oatmeal and other things that I didn't really (laughs) wasn't able to eat before and I'm very happy that's super exciting Mm -hmm. congratulations thanks it feels great welcome to the 21st century yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah what happened to you um so I've been reading this book it's called the subtle art of not giving a fudge (laughs) <laughs> F dash dash Only dash. I didn't say fudge. <laughs> uh, it's the actual word, but I'm not going to say it on this podcast, yep. so I don't have to mark this explicit. <laughs> um, but it's it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I really recommend it. I mean, it's kind of like a self help book, sort of. Just like, hey, here's how to live life and be happy. But it's really like. <laughs> 
common sense mm. ideas that I feel like we're losing in our culture, mm. kind of. Like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, of course. But I'm also realizing that it's like, you know, like I kind of thought that in theory, but I'm not putting it into practice or right. whatever. The first chapter is called Don't Try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which later in the book he says, yes, do try. But I mean, kind of the idea is like, Sometimes you kind of, like, mess yourself up if you, like, think too hard about stuff mm. or try too hard. But, yeah, I, I one of the things I really appreciate is I feel like, you know, in our Western culture, it's like everything we do is trying to eliminate pain, make things more efficient, mm-hmm. make things easier. And that isn't always good for humans. <laughs> we need adversity and we need pain. And he kind of asks you at the beginning of the book, like, Instead of choosing, like, what you want to do with your life or something, it's, like, what pain are you willing to sustain, kind of, you know? Mm. So, like, if you want to be an athlete, then you're choosing the body pain of working out all the time, you know? Or, like, if you want to be, like, a really successful business person, a CEO, like, you're choosing the pain of working 80-hour weeks and whatever. So kind of, like, seeing it from that reverse perspective, which is kind of interesting. Um, another thing that he points out is that we, because of like media, we're just filled all the time seeing like these really extreme examples on the bell curve, either really amazing things or really terrible things. So we start to think that that's normal and we like don't mm-hmm. really realize like we kind of expect our lives to be that way, mm-hmm. which is like, no, 98% of people are in this like normal middle and like you should kind of strive to be normal too. (laughs) He even says like, this is good for me as an Enneagram 7 that just like wants to do everything ever. I'll read this quote. So he says, freedom grants the opportunity for greater meaning, but by itself, there's nothing necessarily meaningful about it. Ultimately, the only way to achieve meaning and a sense of importance in one's life is through a rejection of alternatives, a narrowing of freedom, a choice of commitment to one place one belief, or gulp, one person. (laughs) This realization came to me slowly over the course of my years traveling. As with most excesses in life, you have to drown yourself in them to realize that they don't make you happy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good because I think that's another, like, temptation of our culture is, like, we do. I mean, we're so lucky we live in this era where we just have, like, every option ever you can live overseas you can move all the time you can be a digital nomad you can see things but i think we're all kind of finding out by trying this that it doesn't actually make you happy choosing one path and saying no to things what shocking (laughs) (laughs) actually will make you happier which is so hard especially for my type of personality Mm -hmm. but i really like i recognize that it's it's really helpful Yeah, one last thing that I really like is there's a chapter called You're Wrong About Everything, (laughs) But So Am I. (laughs) And it's basically like just about being humble. But I like this thought. uh, Jordan Peterson actually talks about this too. Growth is an endlessly iterative process. Mm. When we learn something new, we don't go from being wrong to right. Rather, we go from being wrong to slightly less wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And when we learn something additional... We go from slightly less wrong to slightly less wrong than that, and even less wrong, and so on. That's awesome. <laughs> and I just really like that. It's like a good reminder. And he said, he's like, he kind of says, like, always question, you know, especially if you're in a situation where you feel like, man, everyone else is like crazy, and I'm not. Like, maybe you're the wrong one. <laughs> Be ready to admit that and accept mm-hmm. it. And it's always easier to like feel self-righteous, but then you end up like breaking relationships and yeah. you know, the hard thing is to be humble and to yeah, I, I I don't know. Kind of the like overall theme. I mean, the name of the book is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fudge. And he basically says like you can't care about too many things. You have to pick the important things to care yeah. about. And care about, like, long-term things, not like, oh, I want to buy a house. Because then once you do it, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, care about something that will continue to drive you for a long time. So buy a really run-down house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or care about, like, improving things. Mm-hmm. So then you're always improving your house. Yeah. Or care about 
being honest and you're always yeah. finding new ways to be honest i mean it's all very common sense things right. i think but sometimes you need somebody to tell you that yes and to tell it's you really in a really good. clever funny way with yes. lots of swear words yep. in it yep. <laughs> i was reading this book on the beach in cambodia and i was wondering if people were walking by looking at the title like what are you reading i, I mean this is like a big book you guys might have seen it i mean not literally yeah. big but like it's very famous figuratively yeah ginormous so mm, yeah don't, and it's bright orange too so. is, yeah. <laughs> don't let the title dissuade you though it's a really good book mm. i highly recommend it yeah it's on my list yeah you can so. read it after me and see all my pages that i dog eared yeah. <laughs> if you guys are you know doing new year's resolutions and you're like personal development or reading more books i feel like both of those are pretty typical right yeah choose this book it's a great one yeah. highly recommended yep this has been Book Reviews with Big and White. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about suitcases. Suitcases. Okay, so I have a story. I'm ready. Tell me. <clears throat> so we talked about how things that are precious to you change once you move overseas and you don't, you can't really prepare for that. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what will be available in your you know, new country. Um, and when I had been here for not very long, maybe, I don't know, three months or something like that, I had figured out a few things that are, well, were fairly difficult to get in Nepal. And one of those things was floss. Like dental floss? Yep. <laughs> so like, well, now it's way more available. I don't think I've ever tried to buy it. Even that. just like two years later. But um when I moved here, it was, like, not available in a lot of places, or it would be really terrible quality, like, rip apart in your teeth. No. <laughs> and it was really expensive, to too. I had bought quite a, brought quite a few things of floss, and then I had also had a Norwegian person who was visiting us bring me more <laughs> containers of floss. It's like, Nepal cannot sustain my habits. Um, so those were the most precious things to me. Now you have a hundred boxes of floss. Um, <laughs> And my toilet broke, and this is unrelated to my floss usage, okay. just FYI. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and so my landlord, like, had this guy come in to fix it, and he said, I don't know this guy well, hide all of your valuables. <laughs> and my first thought was, my floss! <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> first thought like not my jewelry or my money like the bag of floss in my bathroom i hid oh for this plumber to come in like he would care he's like, like he's gonna like this? sell floss on the black market of nepal i mean you could make some bank on the online yeah, that's true. all you have to say is brought from the u.s they're like yes yeah pay for it. so oh yeah gosh. now that you think i'm crazy I want all of you guys to move overseas and tell us. <laughs> Find out what you start hoarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is true. I, we talked about this a little bit on the shopping episode, but living here has definitely made me more of a hoarder than mm -hmm. I was before. I mean, I've always been not a great minimalist. I think, you know, it's like kind of a tendency to want to save money. Like, well, what if I need this in the future? Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to rebuy it or whatever. But then once you live here and there's things that you can't buy yeah. in this country or you don't know if you're going to be able to buy it again, whatever, you start hoarding things. But then it's like it's always changing what's important or what's available. So then you end up with this giant pile of things that you like haven't used for four years. <laughs> and you're like, why do I still have Yeah. This? That's how I ended up with like 10 bottles of liquid foundation. <laughs> yeah. I found that out after I bought three bottles in Cambodia. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> I have a lot of this. <laughs> yeah. So I've lived here four and a half years now. So it's kind of interesting, like, the first few years I lived here, I feel like this was constantly on my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I was always planning, like, okay, what am I missing? What am I going to bring back next time? Like, what am I going to ask people to bring? I actually kept a list on my phone of care package ideas because people would ask me, like, oh, mm -hmm. can I send you stuff? And in the moment, it's hard to think of things. So I had, like, a list yeah. that I kept, and it was, like, you know, candles, decaf coffee, like, whatever. But the interesting thing is, I feel like over time, I've started accumulating all of those things mm. that are hard to buy here. And now 
I have almost all yeah. of them. So now my list is like zero. <laughs> like people are like, oh, what can I send you? And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so I think now, like now that I've lived here quite a long time, pretty much the only things that I ever ask for or bring mm. back are consumables. Yep. So like yep. cheese or like, you know, maybe like food from home that I miss or yeah, I can hardly think of yeah. anything that's really left. A good local gin oh, or whiskey. Yes, <laughs> so much. Actually, shoes. That's a big one yeah. for me. Because like, you can buy shoes here, mm-hmm. even though the quality is not good. But my feet are too big. They do not offer shoes in my size yeah. in this country. So that's always something that I'm kind of on the lookout for when I'm traveling. Like, I have it in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of gotten to a point now where I try to, like, stick to a list of what I want to bring back because it's easy to be, like, once you're there, once you're in not Nepal, <laughs> and you see things that you forgot existed. Right. like, oh, I do want that. Yeah. But, like, no, I don't need it. If I wasn't in Nepal thinking, hey, I really need this mm-hmm. XYZ items, then I don't actually need them. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard because I still, like, my brain has been trained in this pattern of, like, routine of always thinking of things that I might need, whereas that's not true anymore. And I'm really having to like intentionally break away Mm -hmm. from that pattern of thought. Yeah. Well, and it's more and more things are becoming available in Nepal too. So now it's more of like a, maybe it's available in Nepal, but should I buy it abroad because it's cheaper? Or better quality? Right. So then there's like more complicated arguments happening in your head. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. You're right. When I feel like it's becoming more probably like what it's like to live almost anywhere when you go overseas, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, say we move to France, like there's going to be a lot of things you can't buy in France right. that we miss from the U.S. But I just remember that all of our snacks are still on my floor. So, yeah, I just found a baguette, some wasik biscuits, and um, a bag of peanut butter M&M's. Which is funny. Like, this is a great example. When I lived in the U.S., I never ate M&M's. I mean, I try to eat only fair trade chocolate. I, like, don't care. I don't think about M&M's. I don't wish I had M&M's. But then, now that I live in Nepal, if I see M&M's, I'm like, (gasps) I love peanut butter M&M's. Like, what? It's like I have this weird personality change. I think it's just, I don't know. It's like your brain is groping for something Mm -hmm groping i'm not gonna say that i You're... hope a brain never grows <laughs> You're... i think grasping yeah is a better word. Go with that. it's like your brain is grasping for anything familiar mm-hmm. is like very comforting or something yeah i think it'll be interesting to uh see what your neurons do when you're in America again. True, yeah. Because, like, we have been conditioned for years about, like, feeling like scarcity mentality. Yes. So I feel like even when you're, like, in California, then it's going to be like, I need to buy that. Like, no. this I'm in Trader <laughs> Joe's. It's two blocks from my house. Right. I don't need that. You need it. No. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. And I'm going to do a social like- experiment. I know. I do, like, all of my shopping in concentrated Mm -hmm. times, especially clothes. So it's like I always feel like I should be buying stuff. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. I feel like I'm already like that. Like, I am not a minimalist. I'm just poor mentality. So (laughs) I'm like, no, I shouldn't buy that. But, like, actually, I really love stuff. Yeah. So it's dangerous to live here, actually. (laughs) So how do you, do you, like, keep lists of, like, things that you wish you had that you want to buy when you're overseas? Yeah, I have it on my, like, Google Keep app. Mm -hmm. I always have a From America list. So Do you always have it going? Always. Oh. See, I only start mine, like, two months before I leave the country. (laughs) (laughs) But it is kind of funny because I'm a little bit, like spastic in my interests so like i go all in if i'm interested in something and so like right now um on my list is protein powder cacao powder (laughs) and acai powder yeah (laughs) so like maybe when i go back to well like when i i'm visiting the uk in like six months go to the uk and i look at my list again i'm like man i don't give a crap about acai (laughs) like i don't need that (laughs) you need like create new lists all the time yeah so that's but it's good i mean it's just good i'm can't keep track of things in my brain very well so i need a list Mm mm-hmm 
So what are some things that are on your list right now besides that? Or like what have you brought back? Um, I always pretty much have some kind of clothing item mm-hmm. that I want to bring back. That's something that was unexpected when I moved here is like I realized how much I need clothes. Like it's just a part of my self-care. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have ever said that in America. But it's just almost a like looking for good deals and you know, it kind of it's just kind of fun okay, to like yeah. hunt things down. And so like like man, I gotta like leave the country every five months or so and like go, <laughs> go shopping, shopping somewhere. <laughs> I think part of it too is that like I mean you're just at that age where you're becoming like an mm. adult. Yeah. So you're transitioning from like college or whatever, it doesn't matter what I wear, to like in order to have a certain self identity I need, you know, more professional clothes. Yeah. Or- for sure. I would say that's a big part of it. I also just like change clothing personality fairly often mm. so i'll like get clothes and then i'm like i don't want to wear this anymore <laughs> like it doesn't fit who i feel like i am right now and yeah mm-hmm. i feel like for me i didn't pack enough western clothes when mm. i first came because i like, thought i was gonna wear more nepali clothes right. but i do wear more western clothes here and a different style than i would wear in the yep, u.s yep. so it's like after i spent a year here then i was able to kind of make a list in my head of like okay these are the types of items that i will wear here but yeah what what else have you brought back or is important to you I always buy a lot of food. I would say clothes and food are the two general categories that mm-hmm. I bring back. Um, shoes are within that. I think how many pairs of shoes did I bring back from like America? Four or five. It was like yeah, I think five <laughs> pairs of shoes, and I love them and value them all. You do. It's true. And shoes You're do not last not well here. That is also true. <laughs> they yeah. are so worn down already. <laughs> Let's see. I also brought back a stovetop kettle the last time I came back. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> like, you can buy kettles in Nepal, you know. Not a KitchenAid kettle, though. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah, now I think I probably would have just bought an electric kettle, but oh well. What else do I bring back? Oh, I know. Your mom's biscuit cutter. Oh, yeah. I am so such a nostalgic person. <laughs> so when I was in America... I asked my mom, I was like, mom, I really want to make biscuits and gravy for my friends who are not Southern. They've never eaten biscuits and gravy or let alone like non-Americans who don't even know what that is. I know it confuses the heck out of me. (laughs) For you listeners who are not Americans, (laughs) this is really hard to explain without sounding awful, but it's delicious. So we eat this thing in the South of the U.S. called biscuits and gravy. The biscuits are very fluffy. They're sort of like scones, but like very fluffy mm-hmm. and flaky. And then you pour a like white sauce with sausage in it mm-hmm. over peppery. So good. It's so good. We ate these with some of my friends once who are non-Americans. And we were like, biscuits and gravy. And they were like, no. Scones and white sauce? And we're like, no, no, no. Biscuits and gravy. And they're like, scones and white sauce. <laughs> Conceptually did not work for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I asked my mom if, you know, do you have another biscuit cutter laying around? And she's like, well, I have mine from when I started baking when I was five years old. So if you promise to take good care of it, you can take it. And I was like, I'll take such good care of it. (laughs) And now that's on your mental list of like, if you have to leave the country really quickly, you'll pack that. Yeah, I should just keep it in my go bag. You should. Just in case. Be like, where the heck is my biscuit cutter? I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, just precious things like that. I brought a recipe book back that my mom had, like, made Mm -hmm. and that I've added to. Mm -hmm. I bring a lot of vitamins back. Yeah, same. Yeah, I spend hundreds of dollars in vitamins. Oh, wow. Well, I don't do that. (laughs) I mean, if you're going for, like, a year and a half, like, getting enough vitamins for that. Yeah, you can't really get good vitamins here. Mm -hmm. You can get, like daily vitamins and you're like what's in that they're like daily vitamins you're like no what are these daily vitamins (laughs) (laughs) yeah one of my friends bought vitamins here and she said like she didn't make the connection she's like was feeling sick every morning she's like no do i have like jared or something and she realized it was like an hour after she took her vitamin every day (gasps) that's horrible i know i haven't ever had anything like that i think maybe she was like allergic or something yeah yeah but you never know right so And I also always bring back mixes of things. 
um, like soup mixes, especially. Oh, nice. And then those muffin mixes that you only add water to or milk or whatever it is. <laughs> Crusties. <laughs> I mean, you just need that like once in a while, like just mm. to know you have something in your cupboard. Yeah. It's very comforting. I mean, I make stuff from scratch. Right. And I like that. But yeah. Sometimes you don't have it in you. I just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's so interesting. Like, obviously, everyone's different. But, like, to me, I couldn't care less about yeah. that. That has, like, no value for mm-hmm. me at all. <laughs> oh, man, I, like, love baking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I guess what I do bring back that's similar to that is enchilada sauce mix. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Yep. yep. It's my SoCal heart, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's always kind of funny, though, because things that you used to want, you don't really want anymore. And it's not just because... Like, more things are available in Nepal, but, like, your actual wants change so mm-hmm. much. You forget that things exist, and that's good, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, I think for all right. the things that mentally we are constantly, like, putting on a to-get list or a to-buy list, there's lots of other things you're like, you forget about different kinds of teas and right. all this stuff, and it's... It is. It does kind of make going shopping fun, like, when you leave the country. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were in Cambodia, we went to this store that had a bunch of imports, and a lot of them were American brands, you know? And you're just yeah. like, like, oh, my gosh, Bob's Red Mill? Like, yeah. I forgot that even existed. Like, I brought some steel-cut oats back from Cambodia. <laughs> oh, you did? I did, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's amazing. <laughs> I ate them for lunch this morning. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it does kind of make it fun. I feel like it makes you appreciate the variety more mm-hmm. when you don't have it all the time. Right. Because it gets a little overwhelming, it's even in Cambodia. very overwhelming. Yeah. Like, Decision fatigue, dude. <laughs> yeah. Give me mm-hmm. like two options. Yeah. That's all I yeah. need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What about you? What's on your like usual to buy list? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think most of my stuff is now pretty like consumable Mm -hmm. so like clean burning candles um decaf coffee and tea uh i always ask for mexican hot sauce (laughs) because you can buy like tabasco here but they don't have like the mexican flavor one well even like just hot like yeah you can get tabasco you can buy um sriracha but it's fifteen dollars mm-hmm. for a bottle. So silly. Yeah, so, it's I, just there to tempt you. My favorite is Cholula. Oh, oh it's man, the best. Um, cheese. That's another one. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. My friends visited recently. I asked them to bring cream cheese, and they were like nervous. Like they were like, "What if we get in trouble with TSA?" I'm like, "Dude, I wouldn't ask you to bring this if it was like illegal, you know." And then, like when they arrived, they had the little slip of paper in their bag that said, "Oh." TSA has like looked through your stuff and they're like they didn't take the cream cheese <laughs> like can you imagine some tsa agents just like okay cream cheese in your yeah bag, you weirdo, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> looking through the rest but yeah dude because you can buy cheese here but it's either like expensive or kind of boring so for me that's not like a necessity it's just like a really fun thing mm-hmm. another one that i'm kind of <laughs> A little bit loath to admit is tobacco products. <laughs> but I love uh, like smoking cigars every once in a while or like I have a tobacco pipe too. And you can't really buy that here yeah. at all. You can buy cigarettes, but they don't have any other tobacco products. So that's always something that I'm like keeping my eye out for yes. when I go. And there's like, of course, I have like my special place in Portland that has my favorite tobacco, you know. Another thing that I buy is like natural makeup because mm-hmm. that's hard to buy here you can't really get that other things yeah yarn like a lot of things yeah. are, are available here but like if you have the chance to buy a nicer version kind of you know right. or um i try to get ethical clothing if i can which is pretty hard to get here so i look at that when i'm going overseas well i know something that i have a horde of let's talk about being hoarding yes. <laughs> is things for travel. Oh, yes. I have so many like little travel size like shampoos mm-hmm. and conditioners mm-hmm. and all because you can't really buy like travel size bottles here or like the little spray bottles for hairspray or I buy Starbucks via packets yes. for instant coffee. That yep. is my lifeline we when we're traveling for that. work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, because you can buy Nescafe here, but tastes like dirt. Yeah. <laughs> like the Starbucks via packets are like actually coffee. Yeah. So I have like a huge bag of those in my house. I'm like, 
this is my gold. That would be mine. Yep. If you need to hide your, your valuables. Bag. Yep. Yeah. My Starbucks would be a package. <laughs> that's true. I have like quite a big stock. Like that's one thing that I always order enough to know exactly how much I can take on field work. Yeah. I, that's pretty much it for me. There are other like little random things like goldfish crackers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with those. I ate them a lot as a in high school. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped when I became an adult because, you know, they're just carbs right (laughs) but now if i get the chance to buy those oh honey it's like my favorite thing (laughs) just tastes like home is there anything like like i'm thinking of something for myself but um things that you have kind of trained yourself to only buy in nepal Mm, that's a good question well tell me your example i think i'm thinking of chapstick because i have until i moved to nepal only used bird's bees and I'm, oh. i love bird's bees so much and like it's kind of just another thing that you're like oh my gosh i have to buy two years supply of bird's bees chapstick yeah. before i go back to nepal and so i've like forced myself i'm trying out different nepali brands and stuff just so that's like one less thing that i have to buy in america right yeah like deodorant or that was another thing yeah i like i'll buy stick deodorant if i can but like i have bought the roll-on just to be less dependent you know i hate roll-on deodorant man i mean it is kind of i always buy like hippie deodorant so (laughs) i know toothpaste Mm -hmm. i usually like i'll often buy tom's toothpaste Mm -hmm. when i'm in the states but um the himalayan herbals brand yeah has a really good natural toothpaste that i've started using That's something that I used to buy to bring here Mm -hmm. that I don't anymore. Yeah. It's just like small things like that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when I first moved here, I think I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to buy things only in Nepal. Like, I don't want to be just, you know, some like elitist foreigner. I want to be able to pour back into the economy. But like nepalis if they are of means do that too right they go to the uk they go to america they buy everything they need they come Mm -hmm. back you know i know um there's this woman who works at the gym that i go to Mm. and she always has the cutest workout clothes and i'm like where did you buy that she's like oh i imported it from china and i'm like Ah. (laughs) so yeah we're not the only ones yeah have you heard any like any of our other friends that have brought stuff that are kind of weird (laughs) i think my favorite is our friend who just brought straight lard (laughs) so she could make mexican food which thank you i ate some of those tamales and my mind was blown Mm. it was magical (laughs) that's probably my most hilarious one that i've heard what else are one of our friends always like is obsessed with breakfast cereal so she always gets like frosted mini wheats (laughs) Which People she... send her, like, Sam's club size boxes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole suitcase is just full of cereal. <laughs> I remember, like, her sister-in-law came and visited her and brought her, like, a humongous box of cereal. And she was, like, a week later, she's like, oh, yeah, we're done with that. We're, we finished that so long ago. Like, like, Did you eat it for every meal? <laughs> yeah, that's another interesting thing is I think when I first moved here, I used to kind of – like save my special Mm. things that I got from other countries for like a special occasion or something. But then sometimes I would wait too long or whatever. And I have some friends that like the minute they get back from a trip, they share everything, Mm. you know, they buy a bunch of special chocolate and cheese and then they bring it to a party and share it with everyone and then it's gone. But I kind of like that better. And I've been trying to do that more. Yeah, I think it's nice to not feel like it's so precious that you can't even use it. Right. It's like the opposite. Yeah, Yeah, that same friend too loves cheese so much. Like just the cheddar, you know, like straight American cheese. Mm -hmm. And so we usually bring her cheese. We brought her a block of cheddar from Cambodia. Yeah, we did. (laughs) It was probably a little bit weird because it was like out of the fridge for two days all right because our flight got delayed. <laughs> it was She'll like weirdly hard anyway. yeah what else well you live with a norwegian i feel like norwegians have their things yes they, they really bring. do nor in norway like there is a culture of coziness like it's a whole concept so they'll bring back things like candles they always have to have candles um and different colored candles because you know like for christmas season you have purple and then after christmas day you have red candles and 
um, things like that. And they yeah, also like bring... Easter is yellow, right? Like throughout yeah, the year, yeah, it's different. Yep. Yeah. And then you have um, cute little um, napkins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I got to get my crap together. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just use toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my favorite thing Norwegians bring is brown cheese. Oh, it's so good. It's like this, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like caramelized milk or something. It's kind of technically not cheese, but it's like this kind of sweet cheese style thing that you can put mm-hmm. on bread or crackers. It's Yeah, it's sweet, but it's not super sweet. Mm-hmm. And you can get it like, get cow cheese get goat cheese or a mix of the two because goat cheese is like or the goat brown cheese is a little bit stronger taste which i like more yeah because my roommate likes it more so i've eaten it more nice and once you get like flavorful brown cheese then you go back to cow cheese you're like oh this is so boring i don't have taste (laughs) (laughs) how international do you feel right now you're a brown cheese connoisseur yeah right (laughs) yeah Yeah. the other thing that i feel like all Scandinavians bring back is black licorice, mm-hmm. which is uh, my favorite. Yeah. Although there's varying levels of saltiness, which yeah. if you've never had salty licorice, like just be warned. Yeah. <laughs> By salty, the part of licorice that makes it salty is ammonia. So. Wait, there's straight ammonia yeah. In there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can't see my jaw dropping to the floor yeah. right now. I was like, the first time I tried, I was like, oh, it just keeps getting stronger. Yeah, and then I like, why does this remind me of? Oh my gosh! And then like one of the first ingredients was ammonia. Was oh like, my god! Oh, <laughs> well, that's like, <laughs> yeah. I but, like the like lightly salted ones. Yeah. I can't do the super yeah. intense ones. I feel like I've had really good ones from the Netherlands. Like mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good balance of flavors. Yeah. Have you ever had the Finnish ones? It's like Am all I? salt. Oh, Don't no. do it. No, no. No, no. <laughs> yeah. If you would have told me that something I would learn in Nepal is like all of my licorice preferences, I've been like, what? No. <laughs> I'm like, but I have so many opinions now. <laughs> like the fun thing about living overseas though Mm -hmm. is not just being in the country that you're in it's all the international friends you make oh it's so fun you guys should all do it if you don't already for real though also though listen to my book's advice and narrow down your life can you (laughs) do both of those things at once (laughs) just decide to move to nepal yep and And that's your narrow thing (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything that you do bring back now that you kind of like wish you weren't dependent on? I mean, a lot of the food things I wish I could do without. Mm. Like clothing is fine, whatever, because we're big and white, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like I bought a bunch of clothes in Cambodia. I got a blazer and I am not obese. <laughs> I have an XXL. <laughs> Asia. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's like things like that. You're like, well, it's just different culture. Right. I, yeah. You're not going to be able to but, change that. Right. But, yeah, some of the food stuff, like I always bring back good granola bars and protein bars because there's just not really anything available here. There's one protein bar, uh, but it's, it's like $4 a bar. So expensive. Things like that that, like, then I have to save them for field work, and I don't really like that kind of, like, they just feel too precious. And, like, I'm like, I want to eat this for a snack. I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah. So, yeah, things like that. There's some things that I feel like I bring back from America that maybe I wouldn't need to but i still haven't figured out where in nepal to buy them yeah like they are available yeah. you just like haven't gotten around to <laughs> like go to the one store that's way across town yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. right so there are things that like i have been going without like sauerkraut mm. i love sauerkraut. that's so easy to make right yeah. but i just haven't gotten around to making it right yeah so i'm like missing it unnecessarily (laughs) yeah you have control over this yeah (laughs) that's funny yeah do you have anything no (laughs) after i asked you that then i realized i didn't really have a good answer i was thinking though about like other things people bring that Mm -hmm. we know but we have some friends that have like set up a whole beer brewing thing 
And they had to buy so many, you know, so much equipment and, like, ingredients. And then every time one of them leaves the country, they come back with more hops or, like, all the things you need. It's very impressive. I mean, can we talk about our hairdresser? Dude, yes. She's amazing. (laughs) We go, well, I mean, I was referred by you, by Big. So we go to the same hairdresser. And she is Nepali married to a British guy. And she runs her own salon, and she brings back all of her stuff, like all of her shampoos and hair serums, hairspray. Hair dye. Hair dye, yeah, like all of her lighter hair dyes that you can't buy in Nepal. She brings it all back from the UK. I wonder how many suitcases she brings every time. (laughs) She says, like, her husband um, has a business, so he has to go back fairly often. So every time he goes, she orders a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? So he's like, he's this guy and he's bringing back ginormous bottles of shampoo. And (laughs) and they're like, eh. The airport, like, okay, weirdo. (laughs) so funny. I love it. But it's amazing because that's another thing you don't realize you're missing. Yeah. It's like you go and, you know, she washes your hair and, like, stuff. And for two days afterwards, you're like, nah. Smells like the West. <laughs> and my hair just gets so soft. Like I'm like, yeah. I didn't know my hair could be this soft. Yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We are so yeah. appreciative of that. Her. Is one of my friends who lived here, she just like would fill her suitcase with conditioner. Mm. But she would bring back really expensive mm-hmm. hair products. That was like her thing. Yeah. <sighs> just things that you don't think about. When you're moving overseas. I know. And I feel like it's something you can't plan for. You nope. just, once you've been here a while, then you start to realize, like, what you would like to have. And yeah, and yeah, I feel like, I mean, we've already said this a little bit, but again, it's not necessarily, like, you have to have it, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. I'm starting to get a little embarrassed. Like, I don't want you guys to think, like, oh, these people, like... They can't go without certain things right. in their life. Well, I think They're also, so like, demanding. yeah, if I was a listener and I was planning on moving overseas, I'd be like, <laughs> this weaklings, like, I'm not going to need any of that. Right. I'm going to do everything yeah. local. But that's the thing is it's not necessary. Right. We're just very lucky that we can do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a fun thing that makes your life a little bit better, more yep. exciting, which we all have no matter where we live, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you buy fun things that, you don't need but that delight you yeah well i mean it's like it's shopping it's regular shopping it's just just all concentrated at once (laughs) yeah it's like you deciding to get a costco or sam's club membership because ultimately it will save you money like that's what we do by waiting for six months for somebody to bring us something from america because it's actually cheaper than buying something here (laughs) yeah very very true anyway if you do if you our listener who lives overseas and you've ever felt guilty about any of this stuff, we are here to say, please don't. It's okay. Enjoy your life. Well, I mean, maybe if you really are going to excess, you should feel guilty. But. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, if you do think it is a need, like I can't think of any of this stuff that I actually, besides maybe shoes and clothes, those are needs. But like food things, that's just fun. Yeah. Yeah, we want to hear from you guys though. Like, What things do you bring overseas with you? Or, like, maybe if you've just had, like, a short time overseas, like, studying abroad or something, was there something you really missed that you were like, Mm -hmm. oh, I just wish I had brought this with me, you know, or whatever? (laughs) Yeah, be interested to hear that from you guys. So, shout it out. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for a segment of the week? I am so ready. Wow, I'm not that ready. ready. All week. Oh, the readiest. Okay. Ready for two weeks. Here we go. New Year's resolutions. Ooh, it's my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Is that your Enneagram 3 life <laughs> that you love New Year's uh, resolutions? Probably. I'm going to say yes because you have a list of like eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good resolution. Like even after it became not cool to have resolutions anymore, people are like... When did that happen? Making unfair expectations of yourself or, you know, like uh, make goals you can never meet. I don't give a crap. I <laughs> love dreaming. I feel like you make pretty realistic goals, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you like to share with our listeners what your goals are for the year? Yeah. So generally, I try and make goals that pretty much just 
work off of things I already know that are going to happen. So like if I'm traveling internationally, then like I like envision how that trip is going to go, how I can approach that time, like in a really proactive, positive kind of way. Yeah, there are things that I know I can accomplish. It's like me plus a little bit better of me, but not like me plus like three times me. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I try to do because I don't like letting myself down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this year, my goal is to read every single book in my bookshelf. That's a really good one. I like that. It sounds like you guys don't know what my bookshelf looks like, but I don't have that many books. It's cute. There's probably, what, 20 books on there? Yeah, something like that. I read most of my books on my Kindle. Um, and I know like 50% of you listeners just felt superior to me as soon as I said that. <laughs> but hey, listen, you guys, when you live overseas, you got to do some ebooks. Yeah. Don't judge. No. It's just a lot easier because we travel a lot and I do a lot of reading when we're on survey and there's no phone service. Which is backwards, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I do all my reading when I'm at work. (laughs) Um, But that just means that I kind of don't have it in my brain that I have paper books that I should also be having on my list. So um, there's that. And then... Oh, here comes the list. I'm getting out my journal. She's pulling it out. Um, I want to, no, I have started tracking my spending and it also says to make my savings more intentional. I'm so Um, proud. I am not a, I make myself sound bad, but like, I don't like, what do you call that? Like a statistically minded person. You don't like, yeah, like tracking data. Yeah. I don't get my kicks from like writing stuff down. You don't want to see a graph of your spending for the last year because I do. I love it. (laughs) No, no. Um, So I downloaded Mint and I have been going for like two weeks. Yeah, girl. Yay. Get it, get it. Amazing. And then I'm also trying to get better um, with just being like consistent about which food I eat Mm. because it's hard for me to keep a routine. I'll like get really passionate about something. For like three months and then I'll travel and my routine gets disrupted and then I make a new routine and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of food sensitivities that I'm going to start trying to figure out what they actually are. Yeah. And then my last one is that I'm going to be more intentional about making new friends. Yay! That's a great one. Yeah. It's kind of hard to have consistent friendships here. I know. I had such a big circle of friends in America, and I had a big circle of friends here for a year, and then they all left. <laughs> and now I'm your only friend, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to be traveling a lot this yeah. year, so you need to prepare I'm yourself. <laughs> dreading it. It's going to be really rough. I know. I'll have a solo episode of just me, like, keening. <laughs> it's <gonna be> really <laughs> sad. <laughs> a bonus episode, just straight me, like, reading dramatic poetry. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, um, based on my Enneagram type, (laughs) I think, why should you make a resolution at New Year's? Just make it when you want to make a change in your life. But I kind of still have one anyway. It's like just what I've been meaning to do for a long time. And (laughs) You didn't make it at New Year's. It was before New Year's. Yeah, totally. Well, I haven't started it yet. You sure you're not like a seven with a four wing? (laughs) (laughs) Mine's going to be like February resolution. I haven't started yet. But I kind of had like all these things in my mind. Like, I'd love to do this. I'd love to improve on this, you know. And then I realized there was kind of one thing that would address all of those issues at one time (laughs) and it is less screen time in Mm. my life so my goal is to stop looking at screens by 8 p.m every day and i have only done that once this year so far (laughs) (laughs) but i figure you know i'll i won't go to bed so late Mm -hmm. i'll get better sleep i'll read more books which is another goal of mine i didn't meet my reading goal last year I will wake up earlier, be a little bit more productive. I will have more time for, like, creative endeavors or just, like, having quiet time to sit and think Mm -hmm. where I'm not, like, 
making my brain just like active all the time, you know? Yeah, I think kind of a lot of good benefits will come from this one resolution is my goal. Really smart. Yeah. And I will say like just listening to your list of things that you want to do has made me realize that I made some improvements with my life Mm, last year that I'm like pretty proud of. Yeah. That weren't necessarily New Year's resolutions, but like I've been working out really regularly with my powerlifting stuff and like that kind of has inspired me to eat a lot healthier. Mm-hmm. And I sort of accidentally got into a really good routine of eating healthier mm-hmm. and that has been given me more energy mm-hmm. and put me in a better mood and yeah. So, I feel good yeah. about myself despite the fact Yay. that I have not done my news resolution yet. <laughs> last night I stayed up way too late yeah. watching stand-up comedy on YouTube on my phone. <laughs> understandable i mean you are a seven so that means that you can start and restart your new year's resolution at any time that's right oh my gosh something new so fun (laughs) (laughs) well maybe we can help each other be accountable well you guys uh happy freaking new year yeah welcome to the future it's now and it's a couple weeks into the new year, so you guys have all made and broken resolutions by now, I'm sure. Correct. Tell us all the pains and victories. We will commiserate with you. Yep, and we will out all your dirty secrets on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> so don't worry, we'll give you a pseudonym. It's all good. No one will know. <laughs> Except us. We know what you did. <gasps> yes. You guys, don't forget to follow us on the Facebooks. Instagram, internets. Rate our podcast. Yeah, dude. It really helps, actually. Helps. Uh, we have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. You, too, can be an amazing Patreon supporter. You can get cool gifts from us. Yeah, we got cool stuff waiting. We're so close to releasing a bonus podcast. So if we get, like, one or two more supporters, it's going to happen. Yep. You guys are going to get to hear us. Being even sillier than we normally are. Even, like, more awesome. That's right. And more honest, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I guess that's it, right? Yeah. Should we hang up now? I'm going to hang up. I don't know about you. Yeah, let's hang up. Okay. I'll hang up. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. 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 Bye. 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 See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.